Welcome into the His and Hers podcast. I'm Zach Bennett alongside my sister Paige. And today we preview week five of the NFL season and discuss our favorite matchups. The ugliest game I've probably ever watched with the Thursday night football uh, between the Denver Broncos and Indianapolis Colts. We discuss uh, the games we're looking forward to the most, the best matchups, and dive into all the storylines that are in week five here on this episode of the His and Hers podcast. Alrighty, Paige, uh, that game uh, was terrible. I want to be just so ugly. That was the worst football I've ever seen. It was so bad. And it, like, if, it made me sad. Made, yeah, it made me think that good football doesn't exist. It's not real. <laughs> Looks really, it made, it made it look like moving the ball is impossible. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen two individuals make something that they're supposedly good at look so incredibly hard. (laughs) And I, if you are a Broncos fan. Stuff. What? Like, how do you react to this? You're paying this guy, what, 165 guaranteed, 245 if he doesn't suck. And he sucks, so there's no way he's going to get 245. Yeah. But it's just so bad. Like, I literally just sat there on Thursday night with no words. Like, it was like a car wreck that you couldn't look away from because you just kept thinking that it had to get better at some point, And it did not. No, uh, I, I have pulled up here his uh, ske- uh, contract that he signed, a uh, five-year extension on September 3rd for $245 million that you mentioned. Uh, 2022, it's 17 mil. 2023, 22. 24, 35. 2025, 55. 2026, 58. 2027, 53. And 2028, 54. He's under contract for the next seven years. And at this rate, they might be ready to have him gone after seven games. Uh, Apparently, it's been reported that there is, he uh, flew to L.A., to get an injection there was talk of an injection there was talk of a actual surgery procedure done um not exactly sure what they did but it was in his uh right shoulder uh but i don't think the shoulder has anything to do with decisions and he just looks a little bit lost in this offense and it doesn't seem he's like he's on the same page with his wide receivers whether that's Cortland sutton uh, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, it all just kind of seems like every yard is hard to get by and it's a pain and it's very methodical and it just does not over five weeks. They haven't shown any moment. I mean, the Raiders game, they had a few big plays in a few moments, but it, it wasn't consistent enough to make you think, oh, it, it was a rough, rough week, short week, banged up. Now injuries are starting to pile up for him. Uh, Javante Williams the week before, Garrett Bowles the left tackle, like they're just starting to be a team that seems like uh, it's it's just nothing but bad things up ahead. Yeah, and it's just it's frustrating because week one against the Seahawks in prime time, uh, Nathaniel Hackett decides to kick a field goal instead of letting Russell Wilson go for it on fourth down. 
Then we fast forward to this week and Nathaniel Hackett gives Russell Wilson that opportunity. But on a fourth and one in the red zone, they decide to throw instead of run to get a first down. And the craziest thing is like, it was it was like watching that Super Bowl again, where it's like Russell Wilson was so scared of throwing an interception, I feel like, that he misses KJ Hamler, who's completely wide open. If he just looks at KJ Hamler, the first touchdown of the game is finally scored and the Broncos walk away with a win. But instead, bad decision-making by a coach the entire game mixed with bad decision-making by the quarterback leads the Broncos to a loss at home. And it was just, I don't know, it's just frustrating as a football fan, especially as someone who has always rooted for Russell Wilson to see him go to another area and you expect great things from him. And it was easy. Like, it was just like, Oh, him and Pete Carroll just aren't getting along anymore. Pete Carroll hasn't given him the opportunities that Russell Wilson needs to succeed. And then he comes over to a brand new team with a rookie head coach and it just looks horrible. No, a hundred percent. And what's interesting is as a coach, your whole job really as a head coach particularly in the nfl is to be a game manager you should have enough people on your staff that are able to help you with play calling or even take over play calling um, and your job is to be really good at reading the flow of the game and making decisions that uh, help you win and i thought it was a really really poor decision when they were up three it was approaching under two minutes it was a uh, third down um and or maybe it was fourth down i can't remember i think it was third down they go for it instead of kicking a field goal or at least playing really conservative um because they were already up by three and with how that game was going you couldn't tell me that you'd be afraid the colts were going to drive down the field and score a touchdown you kick the field goal go up six and, and let your defense win you the game on the next possession but instead they throw the ball russell wilson for some reason wanted to just continue to throw in the direction of stefan gilmore he intercepts the ball and allows them an opportunity uh, to go down and tie the game. And they almost won the game in regulation. They they got the ball pretty deep inside the Broncos territory. So Russell Wilson made a lot of bad mistakes. Russell Wilson looked terrible. Uh, you got to feel, and, and here's the interesting part of it is, you know, the, the Broncos fans obviously booed a lot on Thursday night. Um, they also left the game. A lot of fans left before overtime even began. The stadium wasn't even all the way full. So it's kind of crazy how quickly it's turned and how bad it's been because all three of their home games have been just gross. Like, I mean, they struggled against the Texans. They beat the 49ers, but it was 11 to 10. And then this game they put up at home. So, I mean, the difference is, is Russell Wilson has no, like, career there in terms of backlog for them to be, get behind him to rally behind him this was a new guy they traded a lot of assets for was supposed to be the missing piece for the team and instead has been anything but so he it's going to take a lot of good games for Russell Wilson to get back on the good side of the Broncos fans because a lot of people have already soured and and we've seen this before with when the Kirk Cousins came over the Vikings and that first season was pretty up and down and there's some fans that have just have not come back from that. It's hard when you're not like the draft pick to earn a lot of the fans trust, um, especially when you get up to the start that Russell Wilson has. Yeah, it's just a lot of questions up around both of those teams that uh, had pretty promising expectations uh, in the preseason. So kind of 
he feel like I'm beating a dead horse. Maybe let's talk about some potentially good football games instead of. Was it no pun intended on that dead horse reference? Um, <laughs> and we, didn't even, we didn't Bronco even talk. Marco, we didn't even talk about the Colts, but they're they're win. They're two two and one. They're sad wins. Matt Ryan is a sad, like kind of wash quarterback. I don't know how they won that football game. I don't know how they two and two and one, but there they are, just kind of fighting along. So in terms of so uh, this season has been historic. There hasn't been a season that has, ever, has been quite as competitive. Here's a fun fact for you. Um, through the first four weeks, there's been 50 games that have been within one score in the fourth quarter, which is a record uh, for the first four weeks in NFL season. And week four was the at, like the peak of that, where 15 out of the 16 games that were played had were within one score at some point in the fourth quarter. So um, – it's been a really difficult season to bet for those who are into that, as well as the unders have hit at a historic rate. Um, not a lot of scoring. And, and I think that can be attributed. You look around, the quarterbacks haven't been playing very good. There's not like a lot of performances that really stick out to you when it comes to really good quarterback play. But in terms of the games and matchups this week, Paige, what are some that are sticking out to you or what's the one that you can't wait to watch? Um, there's a couple really good games this week that I think have, um, some pretty good, uh, pre like will have a good effect on the season. I think one of the ones I'm looking forward to the most is Sunday night football Bengals Ravens. I think that's going to be a really fun and cool matchup. Yeah, obviously, uh, Joe Burrow had his way with the Ravens last year, throwing for in the two games, almost, I think it was either almost or just above 900 yards in the two games. Him and Jamar Chase had some big connections, obviously a different defensive coordinator coordinator uh, for Baltimore, but the results haven't been that great. Who do you think will come away with that win? Is it going to be a statement win for the Bengals to be our 0-2 start isn't who we are? We're, we're the team in this division or, or what are you kind of going to take away from it? Um, I, I love Joe Burrow. I love the Bengals. Um, I'm personally going with the Ravens this week. I think just coming off a tough loss last week where they made some major mistakes. I think we're going to see them rebound. I think it's going to be a tight game until the end, but I just think that Lamar Jackson and squad is going to come out on top of this one. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the, I could see that outcome and just see the lines are known. Um, let me make sure I can find it. It is obviously it's Sunday night football. It's in Baltimore. They are favored by three and a half over under set of 48. So I could see what, what you're kind of laying out there, but I think Joe Burrow and that team is starting to figure some things out. That offensive line is starting to gel and they've had a week and a half to prepare for this game where they played Thursday night last against the Dolphins. So I think they have, we'll have a good game plan. I think they will be a little more rested up. Um, and I think their confidence is a little higher than what the Ravens have currently been playing with having, giving up, um, you know, tw- uh, double digit uh, leads to both the Dolphins and the bills this year. Yeah. I think that the biggest thing for me um, in this matchup is actually uh, the Bengals offensive line. Um, yeah, with, I just think that Joe Burrow is not going to have time to throw. Um, I just think that you're going to see, uh, some really incredible rushing happening, um, to kind of 
shut down what Joe Burrow is able to do within the pocket. So we're going to see a lot of scrambling from Joe Burrow out on the sides, which he's an incredible quarterback, always does good things. But I just think that's where it's going to be difficult for him is that he's going to have zero to no time to throw this Sunday. Absolutely. Um, an interesting stat, kind of jumping over to the London game, kicking off at 730. Uh, so the, the NFL has been sending teams over there for 15 years. And this game between the Packers and the Giants is the first time that both teams have had a winning record in those games. So it's about time that across the pond got a, I guess, a decent game. However, I think the Giants play. So the Giants are playing the Packers. I think the Giants are fraudulent in their three and one record. I also don't know who's going to be playing quarterback for them. So it's set at Packers minus eight over under at 41. The one thing that Giants have going for them is Saquon Barkey's playing really, really well. They can run the ball super well, and the Packers have a hard time stopping the run. So I would love to see the Packers lose as they almost lost to Bailey Zappi. If Daniel Jones can play with the way he can run the ball and Saquon Barkley keeping the honest, they could gouge him, getting some good third and you know third and short opportunities. Uh, it'd be great to see the Giants. I, it would be great to be wake, you know, still waking up, getting the Sunday going, and to see the Packers have an early morning loss would be nothing better on uh, to start a Sunday with. To be honest with you, yeah, I've got I've got the Giants in this one. Um, I think that Saquon Barkley is going to run over all over that uh, Packers defense, and he's going to have a two hundred plus yard game. That's uh. That's a hot take. That is my take. Saquon Barkley is about to go off everybody in London town and shut the, out the Packers. We turn on the TikTok camera for that. We got to have that up before <laughs> Sunday at 930 Eastern because that'd be a big one to hit. I can't lie to you. Put that on the graphic, baby. Put, Put it down. On the graphic. You Put heard it, on it the here graphic. first. <laughs> No, I just think that, I don't know. I think that traveling overseas, obviously difficult, changes your body structure, not your body structure, but just kind of like your momentum habits. and things like that. I think that uh, Aaron Rodgers, he is more a creature of habit than anything. So I could just see him not having his best game on Sunday, being across the pond, having had to travel, especially with his attitude towards his receiving core. Um, I just think that it's the perfect kind of storm for them, similar to their week one experience. I still haven't been extremely impressed by anything the Packers have done this season in terms of their offensive play. And so I just think it's going to be a fun time. I think it'll be a fun game, but yeah, it's going to be fun because Saquon Barkley is about to go off. Yeah. I, I think that they have a great chance of covering because the eight points is a good amount of points. I could see the game being shortened. Um, very much like the the Patriots did where they were able to run with Ramon Stevenson. So I could see Saquon having a big game. If he, if he crossed that 200 or 180, uh, you know, has a touchdown in there, I think that they obviously have a great chance of winning because it means they've been gashing and having long sustained drives. Uh, I still wouldn't, would not believe, you know, in a head-to-head -head matchup, Daniel Jones will be able to beat Aaron Rodgers. So I, I'm going to lean that way. But I do think that the Giants have a great chance of covering. I think that's a good bet to make. Um, you know, looking at the other games uh, that really catch my interest, particularly in the old, old, uh, old early window is the Chargers at the Browns. The Chargers are minus two and a half on the road. Um, I think this is a really interesting game because it's two teams, both two and two. Um, both have had, you know, were hyped at the beginning of the year. Obviously, the Browns, 
were as the roster set, um, but obviously don't have the quarterback for the next few weeks. But I think this is an important game for the trajectory of how both of these teams' seasons are going to go. Because if you're trying to make the playoffs, if you're trying to stay competitive in in your division, anytime you dip below 500, it, it gets into like a scary situation. Because, you know, you go two and three, and then you're like, the next week, we can't go two games below 500. So it's always this constant battle of um, getting a back to even and then hoping that you get above and you just kind of flowing back and forth. And so whoever can take this game, I think, kind of erases a, kind of a slower start to the season and sets their path um, towards, uh, you know, a year that should probably be better. And I think if you're a Browns fan, you're just kicking yourself because, you know, obviously we, we talked at length, they should have won that week two game. They really should have beat the Falcons last week. Um, and now they're sitting at two and two and, and, and have a couple tough games ahead. So I think um, you can't in the NFL give up the games that you should win. So I got my eye on the Chargers Browns because I think whoever wins, it's going to be because uh, I don't think either are going to win their division this year but I think one of these two teams are going to make the playoffs and I wouldn't be surprised if the winner of this, if this game is the team that does. Yeah. Another interesting game uh, in the morning slot to me is the Falcons Buccaneers game. Yeah. Um, I think the Falcons have turned out to be a lot better than anybody. I think everybody had kind of written them off this year. Um, it's being, you know, there's not going to be anything exciting from them. We can just kind of expect them to be horrible. But I think that the Falcons have shown like, no, they've got some really awesome playmakers and they can stay in games. And so I'm interested to see them against the Bucks. I think that the Bucks last week are getting a little bit too much. Like you have to think about the circumstances that the Bucks were in. Hurricane Ian was hitting Florida all week long. They had to get up and move. They practiced all week in Miami. Then they had to come back to Tampa Bay to play. And just like the mindset of that, of like, you have all of this going on in your state, you're worried about your homes, about your people. So I just think that they played on prime time in a really bad time to be in Florida and a bad time for that team in general. And so I think that we saw their defense play really, really bad last week. So I'm putting my money on that defense coming back with a vengeance this week to kind of show like, Hey, we're, like we are not what we looked like last week. We're a much better defense. We're going to stop the run. We're going to stop the pass. So I think that the Bucks are going to come out on top of this one, but I think it's going to be a tight game because I think that the Falcons, they're a really good team in terms of staying in games and keeping it exciting. 100%. There's an interesting stat. Tom Brady has five teams that he's never lost to. Um, if I remember correctly, 7-0 against the Dallas Cowboys. He's 6-0 against the Minnesota Vikings, one and zero against the uh, the Patriots. Um, there's two teams. The last one is he's ten and zero against the Atlanta Falcons. And there's one more team, probably an NFC team. But anyway, ten and zero against the Falcons. Never lost to him. Obviously, the big, uh, the most memorable one being the Super Bowl. The last couple of years, uh, I know that the divisional games they've ran away with them uh, and made quick work of the Falcons. Laying nine and a half, the Bucks are. It's it's a game where it's strength on strength, like you mentioned, the running game for the Falcons versus the running defense of the Bucks. Uh, I kind of am believing on your side they should get a few, hopefully a few of their wide receivers back, um, and it should make for uh, a lot of fireworks. Um, another game that kind of catches my interest is not for really any other reason because I think it's going to be a blowout, 
but I'm, I'm, I am looking forward to watching Kenny Pickett make his first start. Uh, you know, you want to talk about giving the most difficult start possible. I think this is probably <laughs> right in line with, you know, what you could be doing. Uh, so in Baptism Buffalo by fire for Kenny Pickett for real. Uh, and here's, and there's a comparison I want to make here because it's their minus 14 favorites, which is the largest uh, underdog. The Steelers have been in 50 years. So that kind of shows you how good of a franchise they've been and how long consistent they, how long they've been consistent for. I remember Josh Allen's first start. I don't know if it was exactly his first start or if it was second start, but it was really early in his first season. Um, they played the Minnesota Vikings and they were, I think at that time, I think they were like 15 and a half point underdogs to the Vikings. Cause it was the year after the Vikings went to the NFC championship game cousins first year. Um, and the Buffalo bills were like regarded as the worst team in the NFL at this point, they'd lost by four, like 50 points to the Ravens. And at the second game, I can't remember they played, but they had a player quit at halftime. Like it seemed like this team is just falling apart anyway they come in and josh allen in, in this first or second start whatever the case exactly was comes in hurdles like anthony Barr, um and just they blow the brakes off of us in that game so not only did they cover but they ended up winning the game pretty convincingly now i don't think that this is going to happen for kenny pickett uh i don't think he's going to do that and lead the stillers to the win but what I do think is it's an opportunity for him to show that playing against a good team, he could be composed, he could make plays, move the ball, um, and just keep it close, you know, close enough, just make it respectful. Because they have an Armageddon of a schedule. We went over that last week. Um, so really what you're looking for, if you're Mike Tomlin, if you're the ownership group, if you're a Steeler fan, is just a quarterback that from this week and moving forward just makes good decisions and you see growth week to week. So it'll probably be a rough game for him. He'll probably make some mistakes because it's a very opportunistic Bills defense. But as long as you see a baseline and then you see improvement going into the next few weeks, then you know that you're done with the professional. Yeah, I think that I love that breakdown because it's just, I don't know, it's just exciting to have a new guy in there um, and just kind of like, you know, Steelers are in that spot now where it's like you get to just the rest of the year figure out if Kenny Pickett is your guy, you know, and so. Definitely baptism by fire for Kenny Pickett, but uh, let's just see if he continues to not let the ball hit the ground this week. That's right. That's right. 10 for 13, three picks. What a that's a legendary start <laughs> to the crew. Two rushing touchdowns, just kind of like the weirdest game in the world. So what are you thinking for uh, Baker Mayfield? He is at home and was getting just, you know, you thought Russell Wilson was getting booed last week. Baker Mayfield was getting just incessantly booed. They play a very good 49ers team who just came off a trouncing of the Los Angeles Rams. And it is the lowest point total for betting 39 and a half. Obviously either team hasn't really shown much of a potent offense. Do you think this is going to be a boat race where the 49ers just absolutely run the Carolina Panthers off the field and potentially you see Matt Rule fired on Monday, or is there any way the, the Panthers can muck this up and keep it close? I think the only way that this game gets mucked up for the 49ers is if Jimmy G throws interceptions. That or makes sense. Yeah. 100%. I mean, obviously, that's a pretty easy determinant of any game if the quarterback throws interceptions or fumbles. Most teams have a chance of winning. But my thing with this is just give Debo Samuel the ball. Yeah, he's a freak. Just feed him. 
Just yeah. feed Debo Samuel and you'll win this game, hands down, because you'll control the clock. You'll be able to narrow that down and you'll get those explosive runs from Debo that will just be like instant highlights, but also will just give your team like Debo could get three touchdowns with this Panthers defense and Baker Mayfield. I mean, this season specifically has not been impressive. Um, and just over longevity of his career, like I would take Jimmy G over Baker. And so if Baker, if Jimmy G just does what Jimmy G does best, and that is feeding the run game and then making short passes when he needs to, then the 49ers will walk away with this win. It's when it's when they try to do too much, I think, with Jimmy G, try to get him to be too active in the pocket or outside of the pocket that the 49ers start to have issues. So you just got to put – Kyle Shanahan's just got to play smart football, and they'll run all over this Panthers defense. I couldn't agree more. I, I'm really kind of in line with you there. If Jimmy G just doesn't mess it up, they always have a good chance at competing. So the Dolphins are going to have to be playing with Teddy Bridgewater as QB1. They play in New York against the Jets. Uh, this game intrigues me uh, for a number of reasons. Obviously, the fast start for the Dolphins, 3-0 with a couple of impressive wins over the Ravens and the Bills. And then obviously they lost, obviously, Thursday night football against the Bengals and are now without their quarterback in, in New York playing the Jets. Uh, so 3-1 three, three and one versus 2-2. Two and two. Pretty big spot for Zach Wilson. They've gotten both their wins on the road at home. Haven't looked very impressive. If Zach Wilson can get this win, though, I think you'll start to see. I mean, the Jets got some dudes. Uh, Quinton Williams on the defensive line has been uh, playing unreal. Sauce Gardner looks like every bit worth the pick that they took him in the first round this year. They got some good weapons, Elijah Wilson, Elijah Moore, uh, including Braxton Berrios. Uh, and they got a good group of tight ends in Tyler Conklin and CJ Uzuma. I'm, I'm probably butchering his name, the guy from the Bengals last year. But anyway, I mean, this could be a game where the Jets, you know, kind of show – if Zach Wilson is the guy, this is a game that would be a good first step. You know, get above 500, a good divisional win against a team that has been playing pretty well and see what they can do the rest of the year. Yeah, I think two, th two fun stats. One, the Jets have lost the last 12 matchups, the Dolphins. What? Two. That's weird. Teddy Bridgewater is 2-0 and against the Jets. I don't think that's that as impressive of a stat because I'm pretty sure like 90% of the quarterbacks in the league are probably at least two and zero against the jets, but yeah, <laughs> but um, I find this game intriguing specifically because obviously Tua, great player has kind of been like his comeback season where he's like throwing insane, all of these things, but I like Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. Um, and I think with weapons like Tyreek Hill and Wardle, like the Dolphins, I I take the Dolphins in this matchup. I trust Teddy Bridgewater with his veteran experience more than I trust Zach Wilson. But obviously, I mean, last week, going into last week, I didn't have a lot of great things to say about Zach Wilson. He came back, did two, gave gave the Jets hope that he could be their guy because he had those awesome two touchdown drives at the very end. But I still I take the I take the Dolphins in this. I think the Dolphins are a more complete team. I think Teddy Bridgewater is a more calm veteran quarterback with experience that is going to be able to just have trust 
that like that team is going to have trust in Teddy's abilities. And so I think that like, yeah, it's fun. I just don't see the jets being able to win two in a row. Yeah. Um, and the dolphins minus three, uh, favorites in New York over unders at 46, hundred percent agree with you. I just think if the, if Zach Wilson is going to be your guy, this is a game that would help him, uh, kind of step in that direction. Um, Obviously, if you want to hear a breakdown of the Bears at the Vikings, listen to our Skull Edition podcast where we will dive into that game specifically. Um, another game, this, you know, obviously there's there's three left that really are, you know, because obviously uh, Titans and Commanders, I, I think the Titans are going to win. I, I don't really don't have much to add. I think that I think the Commanders are going to be competing for the worst record this season where the Titans are always just going to, they're going to be very competitive. And in that division where the Colts and the Jack, like the Jaguars may be able to at least be now competing for that playoff spot. I don't think they're going to be world beaters and, and be able to run away with it. So I think the Titans are going to be right in line. Uh, Texans Jaguars. I just love that every week, whatever game the Texans are in, we like don't even talk about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's kind of interesting. There's a Bill Simmons, uh, uh, obviously very well known, uh, calls them the seven, the seven inning Texans. Where, I mean, they don't lose by much, but they lose. They they give yeah. you good seven innings, and then you know, for baseball term, and then the last two, you'll just be able to kind of put it away. So, good point. I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're a fun team, they're an exciting team, they're young. If if Trevor Lawrence doesn't fumble four times, like their chances in that game. Um. So the really the three, div- wouldn't you wouldn't think it'd be a difficult ask, but after last week, you just don't know. You just don't know. So the early window is a little light on the premium games, but you have Cowboys at Rams and Eagles at Cardinals in that late window. I think both of these games are going to be a lot of fun. And then obviously the Bengals at Ravens is that Sunday night and then Raiders at Chiefs out of those. We've already talked a little bit about the Bengals Ravens. So out of those three games, Cowboys at Rams, Eagles at Cardinals, Raiders at Chiefs. Which one are you most excited to watch? Oh, I'm so excited to watch all of these, but I think the one I'm most intrigued by is the Cowboys-Rams game. Okay. Simply for the reason, if Cooper Rush beats the Rams, defending Super Bowl champions, has a three-week winning streak. No, four. This would be a fourth-game win. Does this start a controversy in Dallas? Does this make it? <laughs> well, on it, like realistically, do you have to start asking that question of do we bring Dak back? Now, if they lose to the Rams, then I think it's like, yeah, no question. We were playing our uh, Cooper Rush got us three great wins. Dak is back. We'll throw Dak back in. Obvious situation. But if he goes in and beats the Rams, I don't know. I just wonder if it'll start that conversation more. I know last week we talked about it and it's like, no, I'm like, no, he's, you're paying him way too much. But what do you choose? Do you choose the guy you're paying a lot of money or the guy that's been working all season? Yeah, I think it's a very interesting dilemma. Um, I think, I think it always just goes back to how they're winning the games. I got like something in my eye, my goodness. Um, I think it always goes back to how they're winning the games. If they win the game, it's a low scoring affair against the Rams, you know, in the low twenties. I think you just always kind of go back to the defense is really what's winning these games. There's nothing that Cooper rush is doing 
that Dak in these games wouldn't be able to do if not uh, kind of expound those leads a little bit more. Uh, the biggest thing that Cooper, Cooper Rush been doing is not making mistakes. So, you know, if he plays another mistake-free game, obviously that's been the formula for him. But it'd be – I just – I haven't seen Cooper Rush do anything that Dak doesn't do and doesn't do even better than he does. Uh, where when when Dak, you know, supplanted Tony Romo – you could see a more physical element, a bigger, you know, stronger arm as Tony Romo was getting a little bit older and more mobile where it was kind of like, ah, oh, man, we're, we're going to lose this if uh, if we stick Tony Romo back in over Dak. So that's where I think it kind of differs. This is no like wow element to what Cooper Rush is doing. He's just being very calm, uh, not making mistakes. And I don't think doing anything that Dak couldn't do as well. Yeah, I think it's a great point. Um, I think another big another reason I'm excited about this game is the Rams are just like they're not looking great. No, no they look terrible. Know. And so if the if the defending Super Bowl champions leave this game two and three, Ooh. it'd be really interesting, but also not uncommon for teams that win the Super Bowl to have an off year. Obviously, we've talked about it. Everybody talks about it all season long, the Super Bowl hangover. But I just think that my biggest concern for the Rams is that Cowboys defense, as you mentioned. I just think that the way that we've seen uh, the Rams playing against the 49ers, like the 49ers held them to three field goals. And I think that the Cowboys defense is better than the 49ers defense. And so just have a lot of questions about uh, if – I just see Matthew Stafford getting picked off once, maybe twice um, with this Cowboys defense. And so that's where I'm like, I think the Cowboys walk away with this one. Man, you 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 got some upset cities coming around, don't you? Uh, that's that's the second one you mentioned. I again, I, I I definitely see where you're coming from. The offensive line. I mean, the, the Rams are on their third string center. Uh, they've they're going into their second guards. Um, the left tackle, I, I'm not remember his name, but he's not playing very well. So over four games, they've played four different combinations of starting offensive linemen, which is just a recipe for disaster. So Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence getting in there, mixing it up and being very aggressive. Um, I, I could see them wrecking this game and making life hard on uh, Matthew Stafford and company. And for the Rams, they got to be able to figure out and someone else other than, other than Cooper Cup to catch the football to make plays because, I mean, it's at unprecedented territory what he is doing currently, um, what he's on pace for. I think he's on pace for like 172 catches at the current moment. So just a lot of just crazy components in the game. So I still think, I mean, the more I talk about, the more I talk myself in the Cowboys, but it's just hard for me to imagine a Sean McVay team fall into two and three, but I guess it's right on the realm of possibility there. All right. Eagles Cardinals Eagles only undefeated team left in the NFL. Cardinals are the Cardinals. Um, yes. What's your thoughts on this game? I think the Eagles will win and I think they'll win pretty easily. I just haven't seen anything from the Cardinals to suggest otherwise defensive line for the Eagles is phenomenal uh, with Fletcher Cox and uh, uh, sweat. I'm spacing his first name at the moment, but um, I just think they have a good defensive scheme. They're deep, have a good defensive line rotation. Their offense um, is, you know, the best offense offensive line in football. Uh, I think that the, the Cardinals defense hasn't shown anything worth uh, noting that they're going to be able to stop the dual threat attack of Jalen Hurts. 
Um, so, you know, Kyler Murray can play, maybe will play really well and keep the game a little bit closer, but I just trust what I've seen from the Eagle Eagles a lot more. And it's not like Arizona has some big home field advantage that you have to worry about. It can be good when they are good, but when they're a middle of the pack team, it feels like a middle of the pack stadium. So uh, I think the Eagles win and I think they might even cover lane five and a half points. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they win by 10 uh, or 10 or a couple touchdowns in this one. Yeah, I think that it's pretty it's a safe bet to go with the Eagles, obviously, with the show that they've been thinking. The only thing we we mentioned this a little bit earlier this week, but I think the one thing for me that is like, oh, maybe the Cardinals pull this out is the fact that the Eagles have been playing super well in the first half not that they're playing badly in the second half but that they just haven't been as productive last week against the Jags was a little bit different than the first three games of the season for them because they did score in the second half but my only thing with the the Cardinals is that Kyler Murray is probably the most uh active quarterback that they will play up until this point the first four games of the season they played quarterbacks that are pretty stay in the pocket throw the ball, sit back, pretty strategic. Kyler yeah. Murray is all over the field. And so my one thing is that D if that like my one thing is if the D if Kyler Murray is able to be physical enough that he is running out of the pocket, running around, chasing down and lobbing balls after that, I just don't know if the Eagles D line will be able to catch Kyler Murray with Kyler Murray's speed. And so that's where I think that there could be the breakaway um, and the Cardinals walk skimp by with um a win from them is kyler murray just being able to do some really cool plays outside of the pocket and get that d-line really tired um from chasing him down all game long so yeah if we if we see a mobile kyler murray if cling if cliff kingsbury doesn't suck as much as he normally does then (laughs) maybe maybe we maybe the cardinals walk away with a win yeah no i think that's really good points um there's a lot that ha- I think there's a lot that has to happen for the Cardinals. And what you could say is it's kind of a not a trap game, but the Eagles know they're facing the Cowboys next week. Uh, and so there's an opportunity for them to overlook the Cardinals. Um, it was funny in Jalen Hurts' press conference earlier this week with the Eagles reporters. Apparently, they spent the whole time talking about various other things. And by the end of it, he was like, well, you know, no one asked me a question about the Cardinals. They're a really good team. And we're going to have to be ready to prepare for him. So, you know, the Eagles fans that maybe might be doing it um, to a degree, but hopefully the Eagles players aren't doing it. Jalen Hurts a great leader, so I doubt that would be the case. Um, obviously finishing up, you know, so a couple of key other games that we had, haven't really mentioned yet uh, before we talk about the Monday Night Football game. Lions at the Patriots. All I really have to say about that one is bet the over because um, it probably will hit. Um, do you have any other opinions on the lines of Patriots? I really don't know how to read this game. Uh, if you told me either team won, I wouldn't be surprised. I might go with the lines just because who knows what Bailey Zappi will do, but I don't know what you have thoughts. I know. I just feel like I, I just feel like I keep going with the lions. Cause I just want the lions to win, which is weird. Cause they're in the Vikings division, but I just, man, I just feel for that team specifically because their offense is playing insane. Jamal yeah. Williams is having the best year that he's ever had in the NFL. And oh, yeah. it just is, it sucks so bad for that team that one side of the ball is playing incredible and the other side of the ball is letting them down. And so it's interesting to think about like what those conversations are in the 
locker room, what Dan Campbell, what he can do with that defense to kind of spark some momentum there so that they can step up. I think that they've had two really disappointing losses in the past two weeks. So I could see the Lions coming out and commanding this game because they've had some disappointing losses. They have a team that can win. And so I could see them going there and upsetting the Patriots, but it's just hard with a coach like Bill Belichick and with the Patriots who were neck and neck with the Packers last week. Um, I think this is a, I think this is a pretty even matchup, but I lean towards the, I would lean towards the lions in this one. You know, I, 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 in my brain says that, but then I think, okay, what's, what seems more likely the lines being one in four or the Patriots being one in four. <laughs> and I just can't get there that the Patriots would ever be one in four. Like it was hard enough for me to see them at one and three. I don't see one in four, uh, but not saying that that couldn't be a very real possibility. So, um, and then the other one before he's talking about the Monday football Seahawks at the saints. Uh, here's a fun fact for you, you know, not to bring up all the wounds for Broncos fans. Uh, Geno Smith. So Russell Wilson for the entirety of the year, four touchdowns, Geno Smith in his game last week against the lion had six touchdowns. So um, he's been playing. I mean, better than anyone would ever have suspe- suspected playing in new, new Orleans, probably against Andy Dalton, uh, without Michael Thomas and a few other of the New Orleans Saints. Um, so the Saints are minus five and a half. And I honestly think the Seahawks have a good chance. What I've seen from the Seahawks have a good chance going in there and getting the win. Yeah, I have the Seahawks in this one too. Um, I know that a lot of people want to bet on the Saints because the Saints have been in their last two games and lost them. But I just think that Geno Smith is playing insane ball right now for him and it's extremely accurate throwing a lot of touchdowns and so I think the Saints uh are gonna gonna go I think the problem with the Saints I will not the problem the problem for the Seahawks is that Kamara is going to be back for the Saints so there is the possibility that he does he is explosive enough that he makes that difference but I just think that I I think I'm choosing the Seahawks in this one I might regret that but that's who I'm going with yeah, um, I, I think I think I tend to agree with you on that one as well. Um, Raiders at Chiefs for the Monday Night Football game. Uh, the Chiefs are minus seven. Raiders, um, you know, are money line plus two seventy five. The over under set at fifty one. Uh, obviously, the last two games for the Chiefs against the Raiders over the last couple of years have been blowouts. Uh, Patrick Mahomes have had has had his way now. Obviously, whole new regime for the Raiders, uh, but they have gotten off to a pretty bad start. Winning last week, however, against the Denver Broncos. Um, do you see any chance the Raiders win this game? Because I sure don't. No, but I mean, I didn't see a way that the Colts won that game and they beat the Chiefs. So yeah, you never know in football. But that's true. but my thing is, is that maybe if this was an eleven o'clock game, there'd be like a weird weird upset but i think in prime time on monday night football patrick mahomes isn't going to disappoint patrick mahomes doesn't disappoint in prime time well it's very interesting you said that because i was thinking about the two i'm like i don't know if i've ever seen him lose in prime time the only time i can remember is when when jacoby Brissett and the and the colts went in um to uh to kansas city and beat him and obviously i know the the uh the uh playoff games that he's lost have been in prime time I'm not misremembering that, but I think most of the time he goes up, he shows out and they win a lot of football games when the lights are on. So I, I, I think the same way, I think the Raiders have some good pieces and their schedule gets a little bit easier. 
um, in this middle part of it. So they have a chance to make up some ground. So I don't necessarily think that because they're going to drop one and four that they don't have any chance. Although very slim, I just don't think I don't see any way the Chiefs lose this game. It's at home Monday night, like you said, um, against a divisional opponent. They're going to play really well and uh, more than likely win the game for sure. Yeah, just to give you some interesting Showtime Mahomes stats, um, in all of the primetime games that he's played, nearly a third of his 53 games have been in primetime. So 17 times we've seen <laughs> Patrick Mahomes in primetime. He's 419 complete completions of 614 attempts. He's got 4,858 yards with 43 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. On top of that, we've got 387 yards rushing and two touchdowns on 66 carries. He's had four four fumbles. So that's an insane primetime season, especially for a quarterback who is still a young quarterback in the NFL and has a lot of career ahead of him. And so, yeah, I just think that we're going to see, especially with the way that he played last week, I just think that we're going to see Patrick Mahomes light it up on Monday night. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's the crazy thing. I think that's one of the things I appreciate the most about Patrick Mahomes is that even when he's blowing teams out, I want to keep watching the game. Oh yeah. And a lot of a lot of football isn't that way. When there's like such an insane lead, sometimes the games can get boring and I'll lose interest and switch it. But when it's Patrick Mahomes, I just know that it's going to be entertaining football every time that he gets the ball. And so I'll just keep watching those games, even when they're up by 30. Yeah, you just need to get into betting because then every game you just are going to make sure that the lines hit that you can, you know, <laughs> they don't get any backdoor covers the opposite way. But 100% agree. He's uh, he's unlike anything we've ever seen and probably won't see um, again. And uh, it's cool to know that he's just beginning. Really, he's in the middle, you know, middle prime or or just entering his prime. It seems that he's only getting better um, than what he was. So uh, I think they win pretty convincingly, and I think they established that everyone else in the division was getting a little bit too much love and they still still are Andy Reed, Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas city chiefs. So I think they kind of really send a message that way. Well, that wraps up. Do you have any, uh, any last thoughts on week five? No, oh, can't believe that we're a quarter of the way through. Don't say that stuff. <laughs> Gotta Just cry those sad. tears. You gotta cry those tears. Thank you to everyone for tuning in again. Uh, His and Hers podcast is found wherever you find your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure to share with a friend. Let us know your thoughts on this week five, what you think will happen. Uh, and we cannot wait to recap what should be a very fun and hopefully a lot more explosive offensively than it has been because I like points. Oh, wait, we didn't do our pickums. Oh, oh, crap. We'll uh, hurry and do this real quick. I'll start at the top. I got the uh, I got the Packers beating the Giants. I have the Bills beating the Steelers. I have the Charger. I have the Chargers beating the Browns. I have the Vikings beating the Bears. The Patriots beating the Lions. Seahawks beating the Saints. The Jets beating the Dolphins. The Bucks beating the Falcons. The Titans beating the Commanders. The Jags beating the Texans. 49ers beating the Panthers, Cowboys beating the Rams, Eagles beating the Cardinals, Bengals beating the Ravens, and Chiefs beating the Raiders. All right, and I've got the Giants beating the Packers. I hope so. 
I hope so. Blimey, matey. That was not a British okay. accent at all. That was one of the worst. <laughs> all right, I've got Bills beating the Steelers, Chargers beating the Browns, Vikings over the Bears, Lions beating the Patriots, Seahawks beating the Saints, Dolphins beating the Jets, Bucks beating the Falcons, but it's going to be a tight game. Titans over the Commanders, Jags over the Texans, 49ers over the Panthers, Cowboys over the Rams, Cardinals over the Eagles, Ravens over the Bengals, and the Chiefs over the Raiders. Fantastic. And that will wrap up this edition of the His Nurse Podcast. I'm Zach Bennett alongside my sister Paige. Make sure to check us out wherever you stream your favorite podcast. Add us to the library and let us know what you think about this upcoming week of NFL football.